Chapter 7 Slip Away Carol took Cal to his first day of school the next Monday, then met Charlie for lunch at Dumplin', a restaurant that specialized in Southern-inspired cuisine. She sat in her car for a minute, drumming her fingers on the steering wheel. Then she took a deep breath, checked her reflection in the mirror, and headed inside. Howdy do, Charlie asked, standing when she arrived, a huge smile on his face. Fantastic, she said as they sat back down. He knew a couple of kids from camp already, so he had some built-in friends. No tears from anyone except Mom. Hey, those are the best school drop-offs, I know from experience, he said. With his summer birthday, I wasn't sure about sending him to kindergarten at five or six, but now I'm glad I waited that extra year. He really grew up a lot over this summer. We made that same decision with Emily. It turned out to be the best thing for her, too. This feels just like it did over the summer, she thought with relief. We can still talk like friends. She'd been nervous that he'd be different somehow, or that his attitude might have changed after Friday night. It's the same Charlie, she thought, smiling at him. He grinned back, and her heart sped up. It's just now there's a little bit more. How about your girls, she asked as she checked out the menu. Are they settled in okay? How do you think Beth is going to like law school? Over the summer, Charlie had told her all about his daughter's plans, and she could see how proud he was of them. She'll be fine, probably running the law school by the end of the semester. You know that Shakespeare quote, though she be but little, she is fierce. That's Biddy. You know that sounds like Amy, Carol said. Yep, we always joked that Biddy took after her more than either of us. Anyway, they both sent their old man a text this morning, then headed out to get down to business. He grinned and paused. Actually, they're great girls. They check in with me every few days, and they've both got a good head on their shoulders. I can't wait for you to meet them. Carol looked up from the menu, surprised he'd brought up the idea of meeting his daughters so quickly. She decided she might as well be direct with this man who had become her friend but was already starting to mean more to her. How are they going to feel about us? she asked. And am I right in thinking there might be an us? Charlie's eyes softened as he took her hand. I'm really hoping there can be. She squeezed his hand in return, enjoying how warm hers felt inside his. Me too. The server interrupted and asked if they wanted drinks. Let me try your sweet tea, she said. We'll see how it stacks up to Alabama's. She raised her eyebrows at him in a challenge. Make that too, he told the server, then leaned towards Carol. I think Texas can hold its own against Alabama. They both laughed, then it was his turn to be direct. Honestly, it will probably take a little time for the girls to adjust, he said slowly. I do think they'll come around to the idea, though, especially once they meet you. But, Carol, we have to talk about it. I'm a year or two older than you, he said with a tight-lipped smile. That doesn't matter, she said, glancing at the menu one more time as the server set down their drinks. It might, he pushed. They ordered their food, then sat quietly. He needs to know, she thought. She closed her eyes, took a deep breath, opened them again, and lifted her chin. Charlie, trust me, it doesn't matter. My husband was my age, and he was the definition of having it all. He was handsome, wealthy, absolutely brilliant, and he ended up being he ended up being a horrible person to be married to, which, of course, I didn't fully realize until after we were married. She took a sip of her sweet tea. This isn't too bad after all, she said. What happened? he asked. 
We started dating in college. There were some red flags that my family tried to warn me about, but I was so in love with him. I was young and just couldn't see any of the faults. Then we got married right after college, right after my dad died, actually. I realized now I was in a daze, craving some kind of comfort and security, and I thought he could give me that. The first year actually wasn't that bad. Then things started getting harder with his parents, who were absolutely against us getting married in the first place. He worked for his dad's company, starting a branch of it there in Birmingham, and there was a lot of pressure on him to make that go well. Then we found out about Cal being on the way. He started drinking, and then he started, well, he was unfaithful quite a bit. She winced, still remembering how he smelled when he came home at three in the morning after being out at a bar. Those first few months of pregnancy, the cigarette smell on his clothes had made her so queasy. She swallowed hard and shook her head. I know I stayed longer than I should have, but the way I was raised, you didn't quit because things got hard, you know? And after everyone had been so against us, I really didn't want to prove them right, and I just kept thinking it would get better after Cal was born. I'm so sorry you had to go through that, he said. You never know what you're going to do when you're in a situation like that, and that responsibility to be better was on him, not you. She smiled gratefully. I really was thinking about leaving him, but I just kept hoping things would get better. He'd been neglectful before Cal was born, which was hard, but after, he became incredibly cruel. He constantly criticized my looks, my family, my parenting, my work. It seemed like absolutely anything would set him off. Then, towards the end, he started to get rough, physically. He never hurt Cal, but with me, tears filled her eyes and she shook her head. There were just a lot of really dark days. I'm sorry, Carol, Charlie said, his face reddening. I'm a pretty calm guy, but I just want to go back in time and jerk a knot in this guy's chain. How could someone ever be capable of hurting you? Didn't he know what a gift he had? Looking back, and honestly, after a lot of therapy, I know he couldn't take the pressure of handling real relationships. Also, things weren't good with his parents. He'd had a tough childhood, too. It doesn't excuse him at all, but... Talking through it has helped me cope with everything. Things still aren't good with his family. That's a big part of the reason I ended up leaving Alabama. They're very difficult people. What finally happened with him, he asked, as she took another sip of tea. He was driving home one night, drunk, and he slammed into a guardrail on the interstate. He died instantly, and I tried not to show anyone how grateful I was. That sounds terrible, I know. I'm sorry, but... After all those years, I had just lost hope of things ever getting any better with him. I had always felt so conflicted about divorce, I couldn't picture leaving, especially after Cal was born, even with what he was doing. I knew God was with me, though, and in some ways I felt closer to him in the darkness than I ever have in my life. It's true what God says about giving us treasures there. But when I tried to figure out what to actually do, I just felt so confused and torn up. After Ryan died, it was like the sky cleared and we could finally have some peace. They sat quietly. The server approached with their food. Carol took another sip of tea, wiped her eyes, and looked at him again. So you see, Charlie, it really doesn't matter, she said firmly. Because when I saw you working with the kids this summer, I knew there was something different about you. Then Amy told me a little about Honey's sickness, what you all went through, how you took care of her and held your family together during it all. You might not realize it, but there aren't a lot of men who would do what you did. I admired you for it, and I just liked you a lot. Truthfully, that was it for a while, and then that day, she smiled. 
There was a connection, right? He said, leaning towards her. I thought so too, she said. It sparked something inside of me and I couldn't stop thinking about you. A little differently than I had before, she blushed. So I just went for it on that last day and asked you to come to the game with us. He ran his napkin through his hands nervously. My youthful good looks sealed the deal, he asked. He sounded like he was joking, but he couldn't bring his eyes to meet hers. Oh, Charlie, you really have no idea, do you? She pulled his hand away from the napkin and held it until he finally looked up. You're amazing. You're incredibly attractive, especially when you laugh, which is often. And I love your green eyes. They're the same color as yours, he returned. Oh my goodness, that's true. I can't believe I didn't put that together, she laughed, then glanced to make sure the table next to them wasn't listening too closely. And just for the record, that first kiss sealed the deal. Although seeing you after the basketball game that one time didn't hurt either. She raised an eyebrow and grinned as he blushed. Oh yeah? he asked. Oh yeah, she replied, biting her lip. She put her napkin in her lap and dug into her fried chicken salad. What about you, though? she asked. You've retired. Your kids are pretty much grown. You have so many options open right now, so much freedom. Do you really want to consider starting over with this season of life? Cal is great, but kids can be a lot. I don't want you to feel too tied down. Well, I did have big plans for sitting in a rocking chair for the next 30 years, he choked. She burst out laughing. I cannot even picture that, she said. Listen, I'm not trying to rush anything. I just want us both to be careful. You know I haven't dated since Ryan died, and I have to know up front if you're okay with both Cal and me, the whole package. Are you kidding? Carol, you are the whole package. I've never known anyone like you. You light up every room you're in, and anyone would be lucky to be part of Cal's life. He's an awesome kid. He is pretty awesome, she agreed, grinning. So maybe I won't worry so much about the age difference if you won't worry that I'm giving up some cushy retired life, he asked. Their eyes met. This is really happening, she thought. Okay, it's a deal. She chuckled and nodded as she buttered her biscuit. And this food really is good. Consider me impressed with Texas in more ways than one. As the afternoon went on, they traded stories about Cal and his girls, his time at Baylor and hers at Samford, and what they liked about Davidson. At some point, they looked around and noticed they were the only ones left in the restaurant. I guess we should wrap up she said, as she nodded toward the server, glaring at them. One more thing, he said. Do you think, could we maybe keep this whole thing between us for a little while? You know, just let us get used to it first, before other people start getting used to it. I think that's a good call, she replied, pursing her lips and nodding slowly, thinking about the time capsule of Honey's office. She wondered how many people would have to get used to the change. He looked relieved as they stood up, and he took her hand. I want to be able to talk with Cal, too, and ease him into the idea of you being around more, she said. She leaned closer to him, and being around is more than just his teacher. He squeezed her hand. I'm dying to kiss you again, but I'll show some restraint, he whispered. I'll wait until we get all the way outside. Impressive discipline, she whispered back. They walked outside holding hands, and in the parking lot they lingered beside her car. He wrapped his arms gently around her waist pulling her to him and kissing her lightly. Thanks for lunch, she murmured, her arms resting on his strong shoulders. Anytime, he replied. She leaned into him for a deeper kiss, soaking in the feel of his hands on her back, then pulling away slowly. 
I need to get Cal from school, she said, her head swimming. When can I see you again? He asked as he pulled her back to him and hugged her tightly. How would you feel about a six-year-old's birthday party on Saturday? She asked. There's nowhere else I'd rather be, he said, as he kissed her one more time. That Saturday, Charlie walked up the sidewalk at Carol's house. He could hear music blaring from the backyard. This should be interesting, he thought. The new normal. He knocked on the door and was surprised to see Amy open it. Amy Wilson's here too? Must be the social event of the summer, he joked. She rolled her eyes. You never stop, do you? You know Carol needed a hand wrangling all these boys. That was sweet of you to come help too, she said as they walked through the house toward the backyard. Oh, um, yeah, he said, just here to help. I was close, he thought. We probably should have gotten our story straight. Well, I'm going to finish getting drinks together in the kitchen, she said. Then I'm on FaceTime duty with her sister when we sing Happy Birthday. Carol's out back. Why don't you go see what she needs? He tried not to smile as their last kiss flashed through his mind, and Amy's eyes narrowed. What? she asked. What? he returned. You seem... Something, she rolled her eyes again, but I have 15 fruit juices to pour and cupcakes to stack on the stand. Head on out back. Carol had completely transformed the backyard into a six-year-old's summer dream. A giant bounce house, slip and slide, sprinklers, water guns, water balloons, and tables full of snacks were scattered around the yard, and kids were running everywhere. There were almost as many parents milling around, and he was trying to find her in the crowd when she appeared at his side. Hey, mister, she said. He was starting to get used to his breath catching at the sight of her. She was wearing a yellow cotton dress that hit just above her knees and slightly fell off one shoulder. It looked like she might have a matching bathing suit on underneath, and he wished he had something to grab onto because his knees got a little weak. Good grief, woman, are you trying to kill me? He asked quietly. Her eyes widened. What's wrong? She asked. Look at you, he said. How am I supposed to help watch these hooligans? I can't take my eyes off you. She blushed and chuckled. Okay, okay, get your head in the game, North. We've got a party to run here. She winked at him. We're going to give them another half hour to play, then we'll do the cake. Just help me keep an eye on them so they stay relatively safe. Hey, Mom, Cal called from the bounce house. Gotta go, she said, then paused and gave him a quick scan. But you don't look too bad yourself. He watched her as she jogged away, then took a deep breath. Head in the game, North, he reminded himself. Half an hour later, Carol brought out several cupcake stands filled with chocolate and vanilla cupcakes with blue icing and tiny skateboards on top. They gathered the kids around to sing to Cal as Amy held the phone so her sister Melody could sing with them and watch Cal blow out his candles. As they sang, Charlie looked around at the crowd of kids, parents, and friends and marveled at how she seemed to already be creating a life here. Everything just seemed so easy with her, he thought. Cal blew out his candles and everyone cheered. Carol started handing out cupcakes and Amy handed the phone to Charlie. Will you talk to Carol's sister while I help her with these? Sure, he said, taking the phone. Hi, Carol's sister. Nice to meet you. Ah, the famous Charlie, Melody said. I've heard a lot about you. He walked back toward the house. Oh, yeah? He asked. She's told me a lot about you, too. You know, she misses you so much, but we're trying to take care of her out here. So I hear. Melody said. You'd better take care of her. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, ma'am, he said, chuckling at how protective she sounded. She didn't laugh in return, and he switched gears, wanting to make sure they got off on the right foot. Seriously, he added, you don't have anything to worry about. I know how special she is. 
Amy was walking toward him. So does Amy, he said. Hey, I was just telling Melody that everyone out here loves Carol already. You want to talk with her some more? He handed the phone back. Oh my goodness, that girl is a treasure, Amy said. We are so glad she and Cal are here. Now when are you going to come visit? Charlie walked back to the table where Carol was putting the remaining cupcakes on plates. Your sister is scary, he said. Yes, she is, Carol laughed. She's a librarian, so she means business. She's also 14 years older than I am, so she's super protective. I tried to reassure her that my intentions are honorable, but maybe you can put in a good word for me? We'll see, she said, winking at him. Cupcake? He took the cupcake as Amy joined them and returned Carol's phone. Well, Melody and I are going to get along just fine, she said, unless Baylor and Auburn ever play against each other. Oh, I'm so ready for football. Did you happen to make coffee? Carol asked her. Of course, Amy replied. It should be ready. Want me to grab you a cup? Charlie shook his head. It's a hundred degrees in the shade. You two have a problem. Amy wrinkled her nose at him. I'll get it myself, but thank you, Carol replied. You can stay here and try to help Mr. North understand the appeal of an afternoon cup in any kind of weather. He couldn't resist glancing after her as she walked away. She doesn't know, but after all these years, I've completely given up on you, Amy teased. I'm going to talk with Bryce's mom. Be back in a minute. Charlie looked around and grabbed some empty plates to give him an excuse to go inside. Carol had just put the coffee pot back after pouring her cup, and he came up behind her and gently massaged her shoulders. She leaned into him. Her hair smelled amazing, like apples, he thought, as he pressed his cheek into her soft curls. You look like sunshine in a dress, he whispered. You'd better be careful, she said. Somebody might see us. Hmm, everyone's busy outside, he replied. I just couldn't wait to hold you any longer. She turned to face him, and he pulled her to him for a long kiss, rubbing the small of her back. He wondered if her skin would feel as soft as her dress did. Head in the game north, she murmured, kissing him again. He heard the back door open, and they jumped apart. Carol? Charlie? Amy rounded the corner into the kitchen. I think he's ready to open presents, she said, then paused, looking from one of them to the other. They were each holding onto the counter on either side of the narrow kitchen. Did you get your coffee? She asked. Oh, um, yeah, Carol said, gesturing to her cup. I brought in some empty plates, Charlie said, still a little breathless. Well, gold star for you, Amy replied. She turned her head and looked at both of them again. Y'all ready then? She asked. Carol grabbed her cup and walked past Amy. Yes, let's open presents, she said, glancing back once at Charlie as she headed outside. He started to follow, and Amy put a hand on his arm to stop him. Everything okay? she asked. Oh, yeah, everything's fine, he replied, still slightly flushed from the feel of Carol's lips on his. Come on, let's go back outside. Her eyes narrowed, but she let go of his arm and followed him out.